Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Think about how many people want to know the future. People pay to go to somebody that they think has the ability to tell them the future. People are always wondering, what about the future? I wonder where things are going. I wonder where it's all headed. I wonder what's going to happen. Well, God has let us in on that secret. He's told us where things are headed. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Ephesians. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 8 through 10, in a message titled, The Mystery of His Will. Now, here's Pastor Brian. In Him, speaking of Christ, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and spiritual insight, having made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. And so Paul says that God has given us, he's lavished upon us his grace, and as well as his grace, uh, he's lavished upon us this understanding this spiritual wisdom and insight. And Jesus put it like this. He said, I thank you. He's speaking to his father. I thank you, father, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent. And of course, he's referring to those who are wise and prudent in their own eyes. You've hidden these things from them and you've revealed them to babes. Even so, father, for so it seemed good in your sight. You see, here's the wonderful news. It's a, it's a level playing field when it comes to the knowledge of God. No one is at an advantage over anyone else because of their um, intellectual abilities or, or no one's at a disadvantage because of a lack in that area because this is something that transcends that. This is something that, that God brings to us supernaturally. And so the person who is the least intellectually capable is still able to know the things of God and experience the things of God in the deepest and most profound way that anybody else could. You know, it's interesting. As you look at church history, you find that there, there were men who were certainly intellectually extremely capable, brilliant, brilliant minds, and, and God used them. But then you look at others who did not have necessarily those same intellectual capacities, but you find that God also used them in just as extraordinary ways. You could even make the contrast between Paul the Apostle and Peter the Apostle. Both apostles, both used greatly by God. One's a scholar, one's a fisherman. And yet there's there's no difference in their, their spiritual understanding. So... This is 
something we need to realize. God has given us all we need to discover those deep things of the Spirit. He's given to each one of us the outpouring in abundance of wisdom and spiritual insight. And then he says in verse 9, having made known to us the mystery of his will. Having made known to us the mystery of his will. God has made known to us things that others do not know. This is a family secret, if you will. Now, the word mystery, when we think of mystery, of course, uh, we commonly think of, you know, something that is puzzling. Interestingly, the word that's translated mystery in, in the New Testament, it speaks of something that is a secret beyond the reach of the natural human mind, but something which God has revealed and made clear to those who believe. So when Paul says here that he has made known to us the mystery of his will, what he's saying is God has let us in on a secret. It's a secret that, that other people don't know. And it's something that can't be discovered through, again, through just the, the, the human mind unaided. It... To, to discover this, to know and to understand this, you have to have the assistance of the Spirit. So a mystery is something that was previously hidden and unknowable by man naturally, but it's something that God has now made known to those who believe in him. Sometimes you, you find people today, even within the, uh, the Christian community, you find people who still talk about the faith as though it were a mystery. And they mean puzzling. They mean incomprehensible. They mean like, well, you know, the Christian faith is just so mysterious. We, we really don't know. Well, that, that's the wrong understanding of the word mystery. When the Bible speaks of mystery, it's not telling you that this is stuff that you can't know. It's not saying that this isn't for the average Christian person. You have to have a, a spiritual hierarchy that is... Uh, you know, closer to God, and therefore they, they have more, you know, spiritual understanding, and there's just this elite group, and they have to interpret it for you. Some, some systems, that's the way they approach it. And they, they talk a lot about the mystery of the faith, and what that means is, you know, it's kind of foggy. We're not quite clear. Nobody can really know. There's a few people that know. That's not the meaning of the word in the New Testament. The meaning of the word in the New Testament, as I said, is it was previously unknown, but now God has made it known. So he's made it known to us. So he has made known to us the mystery of his will. Now, when we talk about the will of God, we often, and rightfully, we're talking about the will of God in relation to our own specific lives. We're, we're talking about God's will concerning uh, what he intends for me to do with my life, you know, where I'm to live my life and who I'm to be together with and uh, what I'm to do as my vocation and things like that. And that's good and fine. And there are many places in scripture that refer to God's will in that way. But here, Paul is not talking about God's will in that sense. He's talking about God's will in the larger sense of his eternal and universal 
purposes. So when he says that he's made known to us the mystery of his will, he's talking about the fact that God has let us in on the secret of where the cosmos is headed and where everything will ultimately reach its intended purpose. You see, according to the Bible, history is neither meaningless nor purposeless. It is moving toward a glorious end. History is not without meaning. It is not random. It is not without purpose. History is not just a bunch of disconnected events as some people see it, and especially many people today see it that way. Oh, it's just random. It, you know, there's no rhyme or reason to it. And of course, people say that that's true about life as well. They say, oh, well, you know, life doesn't really have any meaning. There is no purpose. These are the, you know, philosophically oriented people, you know, tend to say these kinds of things. The, the interesting thing is they, they say that and they want it to be applied generally to everybody who's listening to them, but they really don't live according to that when it comes to their own personal experience. You know, the person who is very insistent that life is meaningless, if you turn around and apply that same truth to them, they say, well, wait, no, no, now, of course, that my life has meaning. My life has purpose. I'm significant. I'm important. So it's a good theory to hold, maybe, if you want to appear to be smart, but it doesn't really work in real life, as so many of these so-called intelligent theories they're like that. History has a purpose. And God has given us, who believe in Christ, he has given us an understanding of where things are headed. So this is what we know. This is part of the blessing of being a child of God. One of the spiritual blessings is that we know the future. And think about how many people want to know the future. No, people pay to go to somebody that they think has the ability to tell them the future. People are always wondering, what about the future? I wonder where things are going. I wonder where it's all headed. I wonder what's going to happen. Well, God has let us in on that secret. He's told us where things are headed. And I, I want you to notice this, though, that here in this um, ninth verse, he also says that... This is all according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Now, three times in this portion of scripture that we're looking at, verses 3 through 14, three different times Paul uses this kind of language. Previously, he said this, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now here, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, and a little bit later, he will say, according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his will. Paul is using this terminology here because what he's wanting us to understand is that God is sovereign. And when we say God is sovereign, what we mean is that God is in absolute control. And what God has determined is going to happen. And there's no possible way that it will be thwarted. It can't be stopped. God's will is unstoppable. As a matter of fact, there's a, uh, there are different Greek words that we translate into English as will. And one of them 
is more the idea of desires or wishes. So say, for example, where we read that God is not willing that anyone should perish. God doesn't desire that anyone should perish. So we know people will perish, but God doesn't want that. But there's a, a, a stronger word that's also translated will from the Greek. And that word means his will as absolutely certain. It's, it, it just cannot be averted in any way, shape, or form. It, it is going to be accomplished. The things that we're talking about here, they are according to his good pleasure and according to the counsel of his will. And these things are absolutely certain. You can stake your very life on the things that are declared here. This is what is going to happen. This is where things are going. You want to know the future? Well, God tells us the future in the pages of the Bible. That's one of the amazing things about the Bible. The Bible tells us the future. It's the only religious book that tells us the future. And and what it tells us can be tested over against reality. Because God is sovereign. Because God is orchestrating the affairs of the world. He's leading history toward a glorious goal. So he has made known to us the mystery of his will. And just exactly what is that? Verse 10 tells us that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. So this is God's ultimate purpose. The mystery of his will. What is it? That in the fullness of time, in the dispensation of the fullness of time, a dispensation means a period of time in which God works in a particular way. So right now we are, if you want to use the dispensational terminology, we could say we're in the dispensation of grace. God is working in the world right now and his, his, his method is through grace. He's, he's saving men and women by grace. The, the dispensation of grace will, will end at a certain point. And there's a dispensation of wrath that will come. We talk about the great tribulation period. That would be the beginning of the dispensation of wrath. But then there's the dispensation, as he says here, it's the dispensation of the fullness of times. So now it's a dispensation of grace. There's a dispensation of wrath coming. But then there's the dispensation of the fullness of times. What is that? That's when he gathers together in one all things in Christ. That's where history's going. That's what God is working toward. As one Bible version translates it, the, the universe is being brought into unity in Christ. You see, the, the cosmos, the universe, is presently fragmented. There is discord in the universe presently. But that is going to be altered. One person translated this passage like this. He said, what is being described is the entire harmony of the universe, which shall no longer contain alien or discordant elements, 
but rather all the parts shall find their center and bond of union in Christ. See, right now the universe can contains these discordant elements. There's fragmentation. There's a lack of harmony. But God's plan is to bring everything back into harmony under the immediate authority of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus is presently the ruler of the world, but he's ruling today in a sense from, from, from a distance. And you could say in some ways, he, he's ruling indirectly. He's allowing things to happen that aren't out of his control, but they're not, uh, in a sense, under his immediate control in that his will is not being done. But there's coming a day when his rule is going to be immediately over everything. There will be no discord. There will be no other wills. There will be no other voices. There will be no further division or opposition. That's where things are headed. And that's the mystery that God has made known to us. The mystery of his will to bring everything under the authority of Christ. So what does it mean then when it says that all things in heaven and earth are going to be brought together under the authority of Christ? It's referring to those who presently are here on earth who are in Christ and those who presently are in Christ but are in heaven. We're all in Christ, but we're separated presently by space and time. There's coming a day when Jesus is going to bring heaven and earth together and believers in heaven and believers on earth are going to be united into one big, glorious, eternal family. And included in that will undoubtedly be the holy angels and whatever other creatures there might be in heaven. There's angels, which the word simply means messengers. There's cherubim, there's seraphim. We don't know the details of all that. But, but that's what's being talked about. So this is what Paul is reminding us of here. One of our many spiritual blessings is that we have been let in on this secret. We know the future we know where things are headed. We know how the story ends. And we know it ends beautifully. We really do live happily ever after. It's not a fairy tale. It's reality. It's reality. Now, someone might say, well, sounds like a fairy tale to me. Give me some evidence that this is really happening. I, I can't see anything. Doesn't look to me like everything is, is moving toward this glorious end that you're talking about. I, I can't see anything that indicates that that's really the case. Well, it's because you're not looking hard enough. There, there are lots of things, but I'll give you one thing. I'll give you one thing that to me, irrefutably shows the sovereignty of God over history. It's one thing. There are many things, but, but I'm just going to give you one. Think about this, ponder it, study it, 
It's one people group. It's one nation. It's the Jewish people. It's the land of Israel. You see, the Jews themselves, the fact that they're living in their ancient homeland, this defies It defies everything we know historically from a natural standpoint. It only makes sense if the Bible's true because what has happened to Israel historically is exactly what the Bible said would happen to them thousands of years ago. And it's happened just exactly like the scripture said. And so in closing, three things I want to leave you with real quickly. Number one, History is not random. It is purposeful and heading in a God-ordained direction. Number two, your life is not random. It is purposeful. Your life has meaning. God created you with a purpose. And for those of us who are in Christ, God is leading our lives. God is leading your life. He's leading you into the things that he ordained for you to walk in. He has included you in his eternal story, and he has let you know in advance how it all turns out. See, this is one of the great practical applications of this whole thing about the will of God. It's that, you know, my life does have meaning. My life does have purpose. You might look at yourself and say, well, you know, I I feel like I'm worthless. I, you know, like my life is insignificant. No, it's not. God created you. He created you with a purpose. If you're in Christ, you know that. You're beginning to know that. You're starting to understand that. If you're not in Christ, you're outside of that purpose, but you can come inside by receiving Christ. And then thirdly and finally, there's no need to worry or fear God has everything in control. God has it all in control. You know, when we look at the world, you ever look and wonder where in the world is it all headed? It just seems to be getting crazier all the time. And that can easily strike fear in us. But if we understand that, no, you know what? It's all going to be good. God's already declared it. He's promised it. He's shown us the the end from the beginning. He's told us that everything is going to come under the authority of Christ ultimately. So I have no need to worry or fear. I can just rest in the fact that God is in control. And I can do that with world affairs. And I can do that with my own personal life as well. That's the blessing. I can do it on both levels because it's true on both levels. God has a universal will that he's working out and it's unstoppable. And because you're God's child, he has a will for you and he's working that out as well. And you just need to rest in him, trust him and let him bring to pass what he intends. That to me is very comforting. Remember those last words of the psalm. Be still and know that I am God.
for the month of October, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled The Death of Porn, Men of Integrity Building a World of Nobility by Ray Ortland. Gender identity, same-sex marriage, and women empowerment are among the biggest social issues of our time. But there's also a worldwide injustice of slavery that has found its way into our homes and into our pockets. The slavery of pornography. Multitudes of men and women today are in bondage and enslaved to pornography. So how can men and women be liberated? Well, in his book, The Death of Porn, Ray Ortland shares wise and biblical advice as a father to a son, reminding us of our royal identity because of our relationship with God through Christ. To learn about how the bondage of pornography can be broken, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. To order The Death of Porn, Men of Integrity Building a World of Nobility by Ray Ortland. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Ephesians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.